I, I really believe today that I have a prophetic word for this house. Yes, for you individually, but I believe I have a word for this house corporately. And I want you to lift your hands and just receive it because I really believe the Spirit of God is saying to this house that it is time for you to open the door to your God-sized dream, your God-sized imagination. I had no clue the series that you were in on imagination. But it is time for you to open the door to your God-sized dream. I really believe it. You believe it, say yes. So what is that? That's cool, but what is that? What is a God-sized dream? Simply put, it's a desire in your heart to receive God's best in every area of your life. Not settling for less than God's very best in every area of your life. I'm talking spiritually, emotionally. Physically, financially, vocationally, relationally. 11 o'clock, are y'all awake? Yeah. I, and, and believe me, when I say stuff like this, I know the voice. You know the voice too. It comes whenever we get ready to take the next step towards God's best in our lives. And it sounds something like this. Some of you need to wash your imaginations. Because you hear stuff like this. Well, when you have more experience. Well, when the kids get a little older. Well, when there's more money in the bank. But, but here's the thing. There's no perfect time for a God-sized dream. Yeah. God-sized dreams are continuously knocking on the door of our hearts. And we can get so used to the sound. Did you know? that we let them stand outside for a lifetime. Yeah. Because here's the deal with God-sized dreams. They don't force their way in. They don't insist to be heard. They don't demand to be pursued. We have to choose, church, to let our God-sized dreams into our lives. We've got to open the door. In the midst of the busy, yes. In, in the middle of... of the insecurity, yes. In the middle of the fear, yes. And when we open the door to the God-sized dream, here's what's so wonderful. We open it wider to the giver of the dream. Which, by the way, that's really what it's all about. If you hadn't figured it out yet, it's all about Jesus. I'm, I'm kind of a one-trick pony. I only have one message. It's Jesus. You need joy? Jesus. You need peace? It's Jesus. You need provision? It's Jesus. You need life? It's Jesus. Sorry, no way around it. It's all Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So how many of you, how many of you long for more intimacy with Jesus? Let me see. Oh, that should be everybody right there. How about you long for more joy in your life? Let me see. Which means more strength. It's the joy of the Lord. That is your strength. How about you long for more purpose in your days? All of it. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's time for you to put your hand on the doorknob. I hear the Spirit of God saying it. It's time for you to put your hand on the doorknob. It's time for you to turn it. And it's time for you to open the door to a God-sized dream. Well, will it be scary? Um, yeah. Um, will it probably be harder than I thought? Uh, of course. Will it be more than, you know, 
worth more than you ever could have imagined? Absolutely. Yeah. Do me a favor. I'm not one of these preachers going to try to bother you today. Believe me, I've, I've got an assignment and I'm here to do it today. And I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to mess with you. I know you're tired. You look tired. But everybody stand to your feet, please. Stand up if you can. Stand up. Would you close your eyes and lift up your hands? Would you do that? And I want you to listen. I want you to listen. Not with your ears, but with the deepest part of you. Real life, listen. It's there. It's right there. A God-sized dream waiting not for the perfect time, but for this one, waiting for this moment, right here, right now. Today, we're going to open the door together. You're not alone. We're going to open the door together. You're not alone. We're going to open the door together. Father, we didn't gather today for information only. As I preach, may information become illumination. May illumination become inspiration. We've got to have it. May inspiration become revelation as we see Jesus more accurately and clearly. May revelation become realization. It's got to be real in our spirits. And may realization cause a transformation because only then will there be a manifestation of the Christ life in and through us. In and through real Life, church, Father, I recognize today that the purpose of my preaching is that those under the sound of my voice will hear the voice of Jesus himself within their spirits. I didn't come to manipulate. I didn't come to twist arms. May the words I speak jump in their spirits because of the life of God in them. Deep is calling to deep right now. And I sense an unprecedented hunger of the things of the Spirit in this place. These people are ready to hear and to feed on the gospel. Lord, I'm asking, feed us until we want no more. In the name of Jesus. And with hands lifted, I release even now a resurrection of dreams and imaginations wash our imagination some of us have vain imaginations wash our imaginations we want to begin to see things the way you see it believe things the way you believe it we want to be convinced of what you're convinced of lord and if you are ready to open the door to a god-sized dream church do me a favor clap your hands and give god the best praise you've given him all day long is that all you got Okay, okay, you gotta, you gotta help me. You gotta help me prophesy. Everybody say five. You better cross the aisle, tell five people, you better answer the door. Go ahead, find five people. Tell them you better answer the door. I didn't say a daydream's at the door. I said a God-sized dream is at the door. You better answer the door. You better answer the door. A God-sized dream. You better answer the door. Come on. 
2 Kings 13, beginning in verse number 14. 2 Kings 13. Y'all ready? Somebody say yes. Now when Elisha had fallen sick with the illness of which he was to die, Joash, king of Israel, went down to him and wept before him, crying, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And Elisha said to him, Take a bow and arrows. So he took a bow and arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, Draw the bow. And he drew it. And Elisha laid his hands on the king's hands. And he said, Open the window eastward. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, Shoot. And he shot. And he said, The Lord's arrow of victory, the arrow of victory over your enemy, for you shall fight the enemy until you've made an end of them. And he said, Take the arrows. Take the arrows. Look what he said. Take the arrows and I want you to strike the ground with them. Take the arrows and strike the ground. And the Bible says that he struck the ground three times and then he stopped. And then the man of God was angry and said, you should have struck five times. Nah, you should have struck six times. And look what he says. Then you would have struck down the enemy until you had made an end of it. But now you will strike down the enemy only three times. You know what I've realized, church, is that most of us like to play it safe. Yeah. Don't rock the boat too much. Don't get too excited about anything. And that may come from, I don't know, having a laid back personality or maybe you've just been conditioned to do life that way. I'm not sure. And I understand, y'all, that not every phase of life is a call to arms, you know, or a rally to conquer the world. However, I want to say this. I can't help but sense that far too often, I'm not talking about them out there, I'm talking about us in here. Far too often, we settle. We are settling for considerably less than what God has in mind for us. And I believe the main reason we aren't receiving God's best in every area of our lives is because we are willing to settle for less. Very few of us are committed to God's best. Isn't that sad? And I'll tell you why. It's because we have been influenced more by the world than by God's Word. We know more about Cardi B than our redeemed identity. We know more about Snapchat, Instagram, and Facebook than we do righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. The fact is we have been dumbed down to accept far less than what He has provided in Christ Jesus. Because the truth is He's already given us all things. The Bible says pertaining to life and godliness, you don't lack one thing. It's already been provided. Yet here we are still living as beggars when God says, I've given you a seat at the table. And as long as we can live with less 
than God's best, here's what I've realized. We will. We will every time. You got to get sick and tired of being sick and tired before you will aggressively pursue God's very best. We have to have a holy dissatisfaction with mediocrity before we can experience all that God has for us. And it doesn't happen accidentally. It does not happen automatically. Listen, if we don't pursue it, let me say it another way. If we don't strike, listen, we won't get it. Everything in our fallen world naturally goes from good to bad bad things don't get better without effort you things things just drift to better there's a reason why this church is in this region it's to bring establish god's kingdom in this region and you better hear me it's gonna get dark but the fact of the matter is you are children god says that i brought out of darkness into light and you're to take this light into the dark world i wish the church would flip the light switch on And be the church. Everything in this world goes from good to to bad. That's why I think Jesus said over and over again, you know, we seek. Come on, seek and you find. What a revelation of the new covenant. Come on. I'm not a seeker any longer. I found. Knock and the door is open. I'm glad I live in the open space of grace. Ask and you will receive. How many glad you receive all things in him? But, but, but church, you've got to raise your sights and you've got to aim higher. Because here's what I've realized. Most of you are shooting at absolutely nothing and hitting it every time. <laughs> yeah, some of you say, yeah, that sounds like my life right there. That's my life. Shooting at nothing and hitting it every time. We have to reach a point where we won't live with anything less than God's best, again, in every area of our lives, spiritually, emotionally, relationally, financially, every area of your life. But that attitude right there, you know what I've realized? It's missing in the lives of far too many believers. And notice we're called believers. We're not called feelers. We're called believers. We don't live by how we feel. We live by what we believe. Never called a feeler. Hey, feelers, you're called a believer. Because the fact of the matter is there's some things you don't feel good about today. But how many of you know you don't live by how you feel? You live believing what God already believes true about you. And I don't know why I'm talking about this, but some of you don't feel good right now in your bodies. You feel very weak. But let the weak stand up and declare by faith, I am strong. Some of you feel poor right now. But why don't you stand up and begin to declare, let the poor declare, I am rich. Are you all getting this? We don't live by how we feel. We live by faith, what God is already convinced of concerning you. And, and, and you've got to understand the bar of expectation. How sad is this? The bar of expectation for so many believers, not feelers, has been lowered, lowered in regards to healing, in regards to finances, in regards to relationships, and so much more. And I'm not, believe me, I'm not here today to condemn any, anybody. I'm, fact of the matter is I'm a gospel preacher. I'm called a good news preacher. I don't preach bad news. I preach 100% good news straight no rocks are y'all getting this 
I'm telling you, it's good news. But you have to understand, nobody, nobody learns how to receive God's best overnight. I'm not talking about your spirit. I'm talking about your unrenewed mind. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about your spirit. I'm talking about your old habits and your old coping mechanisms. The fact of the matter is, it is a process. Be transformed by your spirit. No, by the renewing of your mind. May your unrenewed mind begin to line up with your new born again spirit. Hey, listen, I haven't arrived either, but I've got good news for you. I've left and I'm on my way and I declare that God has far more for me and God has far more for you than you are experiencing. And all I got was a patty cake on that. Give God a good hand clap of praise and tell two people, you better wake up. Tell two people, you better wake up. Wake up. That's why I'm talking about opening the door to a God-sized dream. Why? Why? I'll tell you, especially for this house prophetically, because of the, of the, 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 the phase, this new phase of life that, that you have entered into as a church. Opening the door. When you talk about opening the door to this God-sized dream or imagination or reimagining or however you're saying it, the fact of the matter is this is risky business. That's why I, I commend you, Pastor, for leading the people in this. Why is it risky business? I'll tell you why. Because the bigger you dare to dream, the less happy you are with the status quo. The reason why some of you can live life without dreams is because you've settled in status quo. Yeah. And the bigger you dream, the greater your discontent with just floating through life. Can I tell you that a big dream makes you not want to row, row, row your boat <laughs> gently <laughs> down the stream. Don't that sound like a whole lot of churches? Rather, and I hear it. Come on. I hear the Spirit of God telling RLC, come on. It's time to rock, rock, rock this boat. Come on. And hit some white water rapids. Let's get some adrenaline pumping. I'm so tired of dead church. How many want to go on the greatest adventure of your life? It's the adventure of faith. If I'm talking to you, give God praise right now. Come on. Woo! I'm talking to you. And some of you, I can tell by your face. That doesn't sound all that great to you. Because some of you, I can tell by your face, you're saying, I've had all the adventure in life I want to have. Right? And I'm just happy with now kind of just taking it easy, you know, and just I'm going to rest the rest of this journey. And if that's what God's called you to do, then uh, God bless you. But I think there's another group of people in this room. If you've taken yourself out of the game on your own, if you have settled for less than God's very best, I am believing, as a matter of fact, take your hand and put it on your belly. I am believing today that something is about to be awakened in you and you're going to begin to realize how much more you have to offer when you finally stop wrestling and rest in what God has already accomplished on your behalf and let God begin to live his life in and through you. And I think you'd all agree that doing your own thing cannot compare to doing what God has called you to do. I think it's less fulfilling. I think it is less thrilling. 
I think it helps fewer people and will ultimately push us away from the very heart of God. And that's why I think I feel compelled today to speak some things prophetically over you. When you dare to step into this realm, and some of y'all are going to get this, when you finally step into this realm of saying, I'm going to dream a God-sized dream, you're going to be amazed, watch, at what God does in and through you. I really believe it. And if you're going to open the door, you said answer the door. If you're going to open the door, you said answer the door. If you're going to open the door to your God-sized dream, write this down fast. Three things from this portion of Scripture. Don't you miss it. Don't minimize your God-sized dream by small living. Don't you dare minimize this God-sized dream with small living. Our theme passage, it's the weirdest portion of Scripture I think I've ever read. So weird. But King Joash responded to the word of the Lord. And what did he do? He responded half-heartedly. Not wholeheartedly, half-heartedly. When Elisha declared victory over their enemies and told Joash to what? Take the arrows and I want you to what? Strike the ground. Take the arrows. Strike the ground. What did he do? Yeah, he took the arrows. But watch this. He took the arrows with no conviction. Hello, church. He took the arrows with no determination. Elisha was angry. Here's the prophet angry with him and said he should have struck the ground several more times. He says if you would have struck the ground, you would have seen total uh, destruction of, of your enemies. And this might seem a little confusing to you, but here's the thing I got out of it on a plane. And here it is, and I want to give it to you. Sometimes the word of the Lord is only as effective as our reception of it. Okay, let me say it another way. Sometimes our response to what the Lord is saying will determine how that word plays out in our lives. Yeah. So Joash didn't have a any passion to be victorious over the enemy. And it showed. How do I know? It showed in his response. It showed in his response to God's word. Yeah. And so Joash, here he is, the king of Israel. Verse 11 says this. I don't have time to teach on it, but it says that he did evil in the sight of the Lord and didn't turn away from the sins of the king before him. So it's important to remember, please, that Joash wasn't a worshiper of the false gods. Watch. He was a false worshiper of the true God. So he had some respect for the true God, which means this. He had some respect for the prophet. So it's likely that unbelief kept him from seeing the enemy as the threat that it really was both spiritually and physically. Let me say it another way. I think it was unbelief that kept him from opening the door, right, to that God-sized dream or the imagination that God already had for him of overcoming the enemy. It just wasn't in his heart to respond any differently than he did Oh, the purity was missing. The, the power was missing. The, the passion was, was missing. Let me say it another way. He settled for less than God's best. Yeah. And the story tells me that small thinking comes from small living. Small living. You know what that is? Real simple. It's doing life without trusting God. Doing our own thing rather than God's thing. Wrestling, right, instead of resting. See, some of you think spiritual warfare is about wrestling the devil. No, spiritual warfare is actually more about resting in what Christ has already accomplished. Yeah, because you don't fight for anything. You actually, believer, 
fight from something. You fight from a place of victory. As a matter of fact, lift up your hands. I prophesy over you, you are victorious. As a matter of fact, I prophesy you are not just going to come over. You are an overcomer, meaning this. There are some things that are in front of you. Watch. You are coming over it in the name of Jesus. It is not going to overcome you. You are going to reign over it. It is not going to reign over you. You are victorious. And if you believe it, clap your hands and give God. No, give them a victorious shout right now. You're victorious. But look at that. Look at that. I want to do my own thing rather than God's thing. Small living is what? Continuing in unbelief. Continuing in stuff like half-hearted obedience, which, by the way, half-hearted obedience is actually disobedience. See, some of you refuse to re repent simply means change your mind. You refuse to change old mindsets you refuse to change old habits old coping mechanisms that aren't god's best for your life is it is there such a thing as small living for for a believer ideally i would say no but unfortunately some of us have settled for small living and perhaps each of us could think of ways that we've taken the easy way out because if, if you don't know your unrenewed mind is lazy your 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 born again spirit is very powerful your unrenewed mind will always take the easy way out. Your, your spirit man will break through walls. Are y'all getting this today? Your, your unrenewed mind will wade out into shallow places. Watch this. But your born-again spirit will walk on top of water, deep places. What am I telling you? You've got to begin to look into the realm of the spirit. That's why Paul said, fix your eyes on the spirit realm, because there, there is life and peace. Looking anywhere else, he said, is death and all the progressive effects of death. Like what? Oh, I don't know. Fear, depression, anxiety, sickness, lack. Are y'all getting this? And you've settled for living there. Think of all the excuses that Joash could have made, yet none of them are valid. Now, none of this is in the text, but I think he could have said something like this. Why didn't you strike? Why didn't you strike? Well, I stopped striking because, and sound like some of you, um, I didn't want to be presumptuous and ask for too much. Why didn't you strike? Well, I didn't strike because I just thought three was plenty. Three was enough. I stopped striking because I didn't think it would do any good anyway. See, some of you, you've lost hope. You know what hope is? It's a confident expectation of good. Some of you have no hope. And when you have no hope, you have, you have no life. A heart with no hope is sick. Well, I stopped striking because, see, some of you feelers, not believers, I stopped striking because I just wasn't feeling it. I just didn't feel it. I wasn't in a striking mood. Well, I stopped striking because I didn't want to get overexcited. See, like some of you in here, you just don't want to get overexcited. You, I, it's like pulling teeth to get you to shout and bless God. And, and I know why. It's because that's the size of your God. The size of your God determines the size of your praise. 
And I can tell how some of you see how big your God is by the size of your praise. I can tell what you think about your God by how you open up your mouth and begin to praise God. So push pause for just a moment on Joash. We'll come back to him. But see, you're sitting here today and you've constructed some pretty good excuses on why you don't do what God has gifted for you and empowered you to do and called you to do why you have settled for less well uh, that's just not who i am yeah well i don't have any time and i don't have any money and i don't i i, I don't know what I, you know i don't know if you know what i've been through and i tried before you don't understand man i tried before and i that's probably your problem you try you don't trust I, I don't, I, I don't want to get tied down. I don't want to make no commitment. I know I can tell. I've, I've watched your last seven marriages and 13 jobs and you don't commit to anything. I get it. And you've been to 14 churches in the same town. I get it. You, you, I get it. You don't want to make no commitment. I get it. But maybe you're afraid and it's time for you to hear the gospel because the gospel says, guess what? Perfect love casts out all fear that's what it says love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear that's why you've got to hear the gospel i didn't say religion you've got to hear the gospel the good news of god's love and grace and you need to begin to realize how close god is that you are not dirty and distant and that he can be trusted and he can be trusted in everything and when you know that you can trust him that means you can finally step out in faith and begin to embrace those dreams wholeheartedly because i'll tell you right now small living is going to minimize your success in this life in fact is your reward in the next settling for less is inconsistent with who you truly are in christ it is inconsistent with god's plan for your life the size of your dream reflects the size of your god and if you've got a big god i want you to give him a big praise right Come on. No, how big is your God right now? How big does he look to those around you who are getting their view of him by looking at your life? Give him a big praise right now. Woo! Woo! High five four people and tell them he's a big God. Come on, tell them. Yeah. Yeah. Why do I say this? Because what you're looking at, you've made bigger than your God. Yeah, the mountain you're looking at, you've made the mountain bigger than your God. And it's time for you to stop talking to God about how... <laughs> stop talking to your mountain. And talking to your mountain, it's time for you to start declaring over your mountain how big your God is. You're talking to God about how big your mountain is. No, stop doing that. Turn around, face your mountain, talk to your mountain how big your God is. Do you believe he's big? Well, he's huge. He's huge. And not only is he huge, but his love for you is huge. And because his love for you is so huge, watch, his plans, his dreams, his imaginations are huge as well. Lift your hands right now. I want to speak over you, Jeremiah 29. And the Lord declares over you, I know the plans I have for you. Yeah plans to prosper you 
plans to prosper your business, not to harm you, plans to give you hope, plans to give you a future. Oh, yeah, you'll call on me. Yeah, you'll talk to me. And I always listen. And you'll seek me. You will find me. You'll seek all of your... That is the greatest thing of all right there, to realize that you've always been loved by God. Keep your hands lifted because I hear the Spirit of God saying even now, I don't want to harm you. I want to bless you. And I want to provide everything you need to enjoy the life I've given you. But the blessing I have for you can only be received when you believe it. When you believe it. I didn't say you always feel it. I said you believe it. When you talk to me, I always listen. I'm not, I'm not hiding from you. See, some of you think God, God hides from you. No, God's never hid from you. You, you, you've hid from him maybe, but he's not hiding from you. As a matter of fact, he's saying, I'm right here. I can't get any closer than in you. You can trust me. Yeah. You can trust me with your whole heart and when you do i hear the spirit of god saying i'll do a work in and through you that will not only amaze you but it's going to amaze everyone who is watching now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than you can even ask dream think or imagine how according to the power that is at work in you, I want you to recognize even now, acknowledge every good thing in you. You are not alone. You are filled with the life of God. And if you believe it, clap your hands and give God praise right now. Hey. Write it down. Evaluate your God-sized dream. I got to go quick. This is it. Because some of you are thinking, well, what does this mean? Well, as, as God speaks to you, you're going to begin to catch dreams from his heart. Because, see, some of you didn't realize God had a dream and wrapped your body around it. Yeah. You want to know who you are? Look at Jesus. That's why I preach Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is what God believes true about you. You begin to catch his heart. You've got to evaluate them. Because some of you say, well, I don't know. Is it from God or did somebody mess with my Kool-Aid? Are you all getting this? Yeah. Yeah, so how do you evaluate these God-sized dreams? Because there's dreams all over these walls right here. How do you evaluate these dreams that God's given you? I'll tell you. Are they, uh, and, and I can't teach on all this. I'd have to come back. But are they consistent with the new covenant? Are they consistent with Scripture? Every God-sized dream for an individual, a congregation, consistent with God's Word through the lens of the new covenant. How about, is it God-given? Does it got God's fingerprint on it? Is it worthwhile? Because God, God-sized dreams not only worth living for, sacrificing for, committing to, but maybe even worth dying for. Scary. How about that? You want to know if it's a God-sized dream? Is it scary? See, some of you say you have a dream, but the fact of the matter is it, it's not really a dream if you can do it. Because if you can do it, why don't you just go do it? I want you to begin to dream dreams that are bigger than you. Where you have to say, I know this dream is from God. How do you know? Because I couldn't do it without him. I know I got to do it with him. But here's the word that I want to speak over you. And it's this one here. Is it clear and concise? And let me tell you why. The, the reason why Elisha said to Joash in verse 17. This word hit me strong when I was thinking of you. It was this. Open the window eastward, he said, and shoot. And I want you to know how clear and concise he was with his instructions. Notice that he did not say, I, I want you to open all the windows and then choose what window you want to shoot out of. He did not say that. He said, open the window. And notice he said, open the window eastward, which, by the way, I don't have time to preach on this as a prophetic picture, again, of Jesus, right? That's why in Isaiah 41, he's called the righteous man from the east, 
the reason why many of us aren't catching the dreams that are coming from God's heart is because, watch, we have too many windows open. When you have too many windows open, you are distracted from the one window that matters most. Jesus is God's dream for your life. And a few questions I would ask you is simply this. What windows do you need to shut in your life? Yeah. What's competing for your time? What's competing for your money? What's competing for your energy? What's competing for your abilities? What's drowning out the God-sized dream in your life? I could talk about that, but I got to go. Don't miss this. Number three, this is it. Write it down. Dream a God-sized dream. Watch. That comes from your heart. Watch. That comes from the heart of God. Yeah. Yeah. When people don't listen to the heart of God, the Bible says they lose their way. Proverbs 29 says it like this. Where there is no revelation, watch. Where there is no vision, where there is no God-sized dream, it says the people cast off restraint. Pastor, I'm so grateful that you've been casting vision during these months because when vision fades and when passion cools and enthusiasm dissipates, indecision and inertia begin to take over and hope disappears. That is exactly why we need a God-sized dream. It's what keeps the passion and enthusiasm red hot. As a matter of fact, that's why I'm believing today and why I said a moment ago, God began to resurrect dreams that some said were even dead. I'm telling you, that's what's going to bring a great confidence. Thank you, Jesus, and expectation for good in our future. And as we get to know God through His Son, I'm telling you, even as you're hearing the gospel, the Holy Spirit is speaking words and revelations and visions of himself into your heart and mind. And he's speaking to many of you. There's, there, there's a whole big teaching I could do. That's why I want you to pick those books up. But a whole teaching on, on even those things that God uses to speak to us. What does he use to speak to our heart? But, but here's what I want to ask you real quickly as I close. Have you ever allowed yourself? See, some of you, this is so foreign to you. Have you, because you grew up on religion. Religion does not allow you to dream. The Bible says in Psalm, free people dream. Watch. When you've lived your life in the bondage of religion, you're not allowed to dream. You look at God the way we tell you to look at God. Watch this. But free people, they dream God-sized dreams. Free people dream dreams, and people will say to you, you're dreaming dreams like that? You're out of your mind. You know what I had to tell somebody recently? I shared my dream. They said, you're out of your mind. I had to say, no, I'm actually out of your mind. <laughs> yeah. You say I'm out of my mind? No. Fact is, hearing you, I'm out of your mind. Because the fact of the matter is there's times your pastor will stand on this platform and begin to cast vision. And some of you say, that's crazy. That's out of hand. That's too big. You're out of your mind. No, not really. Because I haven't even scratched the surface of God's mind. Yeah. Close your eyes for just a moment. Would you lift your hands? I release dreams. Some of you that said dreams are dead, no, listen to me. Have you allowed yourself to dream a God-sized dream? No, 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 I'm serious. And nobody moving in this moment on the right or left because there's people right now having an encounter with the Holy Spirit. I'm saying, what are you dreaming God for in the next 12 months? What are you, what are you dreaming about for the next five years? What about the next decade? Start with your family. What dreams can you come up with with your family? What, what would need to happen? 
for you to see that dream become a reality. How, how about your spiritual life? What would you like to see happen in your relationship with God? How close do you want to know He really is? What questions need to be answered in your heart and mind? How can you go about finding those answers? What kind of dreams are you dreaming in other areas of your life? What about your health right now? As a matter of fact, I speak prophetically right now that some of you that have been sick in your body, I don't know why I keep coming back to this, but some of you today are going to be healed in your bodies because you're trusting God. Your health, healing in your body. Your emotions, healing. Some of you, you're dreaming from, for healing of past hurts and offenses and relationships. You're saying, I just dream of healthy relationships. How, how about your finances? Do you think God wants to help you experience financial freedom and abundance and live debt free and get out of bondage and give more and do more? Listen, this teaching is really, Pastor, it's two-pronged because it's not just for the people. It's for this house corporately. With hands lifted, what are you dreaming about this house? God, what's your, what's your thoughts about RLC? I wonder what he has in mind. Is anybody dreaming God-sized dream for reaching and helping kids and teens and young adults and single families and the elderly and those that are shut in? God, how do you want to use RLC, this church, to bring healing and life to people in this community who are hurting and just trying to survive another day? Is anybody dreaming dreams? Look at me. I have a prophetic word for this house. Your pastor came to you months ago. And by the way, I'm not here as a guest preacher. I'm here as a friend of this house. Your pastor, I talk to him probably every week and I hear about the dreams he's sharing with you. And, and I remember months ago, he, he stood up and he talked to you. We're going to set some dreams in motion. It's like he said, come on, let's strike. We're going to set some dreams in motion. And, and he told you about stuff like this, that you're going to help NCS, your former Christian school, finish well. And, 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 and you fulfilled that financial commitment. And, and, and you made families and faculty happy because you took care of them during the transition. And, and good job, well done. And, God gave a word to your pastor in this church to love Natomas and God began to unfold through this church and continues to unfold some powerful things that now multiple churches together in 2019 are coming together to do things that are absolutely supernatural in this city. And you want to know where it started? Right here. And your pastor introduced Life Course through the I will build my church series months ago and many, many people have gone through and completed that course. It was just a dream. I feel like Biggie today. It was all a dream. It was just a dream. And, and, and God's opened up high school campuses so you can take the gospel. He's opened it for you because somebody said, let's dream and let's strike. And as a church, you're fulfilling the prophetic words spoken over you, moving from an, a, a, an audience to a body. And most recently, you fed people and you clothed people and you got together as a church and you said, let's see what we can do if we just begin to dream dreams. But I hear the Spirit of God saying this, and I'm not downplaying what you've done. But I hear the Spirit of God saying this, and I don't come as a preacher to twist anybody's arm. I come to this house because I believe this house is on the verge of stepping into a season that God has always dreamed of. No, I'm serious. 
But I hear the Spirit of God saying this. Would you close your eyes and just receive right now? You must not settle for good. I didn't say bad. You must not settle for good when God has something better in mind. And you must not settle for a daydream when God says, I've got God-sized dreams. And you must not settle for less than God's very best. And you must dream God-sized dreams. And you have a big God who's able to do exceedingly abundantly more than you, than, than you can even ask or think or imagine. Okay, look at me. Back to, back to Joash. This is it. The prophet got angry with him, not because he didn't like him. He got angry because of why. He was only striking at the ground half-heartedly instead of giving it all he had. And because he didn't give it the effort that it demanded, they did not see victory. And I want to make a statement in faith. Just thank God the victory is won, but the fact of the matter is unbelief. See, it was unbelief. He did not take the prophet's instruction seriously. And the fact is, it is unbelief. That's what the Bible says. That is keeping us from God's very best. And I wonder, RLC, are you limiting what God desires to do in and through you? Because God is leading you to step out in faith and strike and begin to see God-sized dreams become realities. And I'm not talking about just for this church, believe me. Because there's more on that wall, not about this church corporately but about you individually i'm talking about you but are the realities of your dreams just out of reach because you're not trusting god and the fact of the matter is one of the arrows of trust that's in our hand is the arrow called giving and god says do you have it in your hand and god i've got it in my hand and i'm going to keep striking and i hear the spirit of god saying it is time for you to keep striking for your marriage and keep striking for your finances and keep striking for your business and keep strike is that all you got one hand clap is there anybody here that's dreaming dreams keep striking for this church keep striking for your job keep striking for healing in your body striking for the future you are an overcomer and the bible says god has already provided complete victory over the flesh the world and the devil keep your eyes on the eastward window and keep striking why because you're never going to receive god's best until you become church completely dissatisfied with less than god's best